Yes. Oh, that's the familiar music in the background, Jay. You know what that means? <laughs> it's time. We're, for... <laughs> we're drinking coffee. <laughs> it, mean, it means we're jacked up on coffee. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. How about you out there? Have you have you sampled our coffee from our sponsor, A Hill of Beans? Have you have you had the magical mystery tour of the strawberry fields forever? We've gone through it. I've already run out of mine, Jay. So <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for next week when we get our sponsorship bag of coffee. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Looking Through the Glass Onion. Uh, good eye. I should say that because we're as popular somehow, Jay, in Australia as we are in, in the States here. Really? I have no idea why. I get more, not fan mail isn't the right word because I'm talking about like four or five messages. I don't want to oversell what's happening here. But but I mean, of the four or five messages that I get, like four or five of them are like, good eye, I'm your favorite Australian fan. I'm like, ah, it's great. That's so cool. Right yeah, on. so to our Australian friends out there, we hope to be there one day with you hanging out. So welcome. We're going to do our first ever Beatle cover song. Yeah, uh, which yeah. which kind of led to a really interesting journey, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest, like right out of the gate here, because I've no I've, I'm holding I'm gonna show you Jay because you know theater of the mind you see this album that I have here are you familiar with this record oh that you I have, have in my hands you here? have that well I was just so, dude, reading this about is that. my this is my out al- this is like from when I was a little kid like this is the one that I had like there's like a there's a crayon mark on it from when I was like nine and I was like oh this is my favorite song because I would watch like the complete Beatles where they would mark the tape oh our- yeah yeah, so I thought my crayon was like that, and so I marked one of my favorites. So anyway, we'll talk about that later, but you'd see the name Larry Williams on Beatles things, right? right? And this is how I would get confused. As I mentioned, The Complete Beatles, which was like my favorite documentary when I was a kid, we had that VHS, and somehow I just watched it a million. Like, Larry Williams was like one of their first managers, like that got them from Liverpool to, to Hamburg. So that was the name that you would see pop up, this kind of, you know, very British Liverpool guy. Oh, the Beatles were great. And his name was Larry Williams, and oh. I always mistakenly assumed that he was the Larry Williams that wrote this song, kind of like a like a Norman Petty for the Beatles. Like, oh, or, sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Norman Petty didn't really write the Buddy Holly songs, but he was there and be like, yeah, I wrote that. You know what I mean? And so I yeah. thought this white British dude wrote these badass Beatle cover songs, right? Intra- okay, that's wow. Com- cool. And I mean, I thought that up until maybe like when I started researching this, just from like a little kid. And I, again, I'm going to give you another like, Stupid things that I thought when I was a kid, like we both watched baseball when we were younger. Oh yeah, right. This this will connect. Like I thought that umpires were mailmen. Oh, now you look at that and you think they had the same outfits, like the blue shirt, the had the, <laughs> the eagle on their sleeve, you know. And I just thought like they would deliver the mail in the morning and then throw their gear over their postman outfit and then go. I had, I had a anyway. So I thought Larry Williams was a white British guy. <laughs> I so like wrong. the correlation, Larry yeah. Williams. Like I just Empire. thought this is how my brain works. <laughs> Even to this day, I'm 46 now, and it's like you still thought like I love early rock and roll. I thought Larry Williams is still this British white guy. <clears throat> well, dear podcast listeners. Mm, I was so wrong. Let me tell you about Larry Williams. Okay. Larry Williams uh, is, is an American. 
he is is not a white guy. He's he's an African American. He is from New Orleans, right? He that's kind of where he was born. Really, be he's a piano player, and is known for that like rollicking. Like if you're a Dr. John fan, like Dr. John was trying to be a Larry Williams, right? I mean, Larry Williams is kind of like I, he's amazing on piano. Yeah, his version of "Slow Down." You hear it, it's like, oh my god, this is. And why is that? Well, he. He left, he moved to Oakland uh, after living in New Orleans when he was a kid. And he's a teenager. He moves to Oakland, wants to become a musician. He, he kind of gets involved in music and he meets up with Lloyd Price. And if you know about early rock and roll, Lloyd Price is like the first rock and roll person. We should really talk about Lloyd Price instead of Elvis. Um, Interesting. Lloyd, okay. Yeah, Lloyd is like really the king of rock and roll. Like did all the early big rock and roll hits that were stolen Lloyd Lloyd Price is the guy. Like personality is his big hit. You've got personality talks with personality. That's a Lloyd Price song. I love that song. His version is way cooler than the version we've ever heard. Uh, Lottie Miss Claudie is another huge uh, Elvis took that song. Loudy loudy loud. Anyway, he becomes Lloyd Price's driver, and he's like, "Hey, I'm yeah. a musician, so if you can, if you can hook me up in any way." You know, and he goes, well, Little Richard needs a guy in his band. Would you be in Little Richard's band? And so he hooks up with Little Richard. Little Richard then leaves his record label. Uh, let's see. I tried to underline it. Specialty Records. Little Richard leaves because he he uh, <laughs> he's on tour. I don't know if anybody, if we talked about this story, but Little Richard's on tour and he like throws all of his rings in the water in Australia. Speaking of which, good eye. And he throws all of his stuff and he like renounces rock and roll and becomes like, he becomes a preacher, right? Right. So Larry Williams, again, not the British guy. Larry Williams is in on this record label and can play piano like Little Richard and sing like Little Richard. But he also writes songs like Little Richard. So he brings to the table when they sign him to be the Little Richard replacement, Dizzy Miss Lizzie. Uh, Bad Boy, Slow Down, Boney Maroney, She Said Yeah, uh, which is a song Paul McCartney covered on his Run Devil. I mean, we're talking, these are all like early rock and roll standards. If you were writing a rock and roll standard, every song I've mentioned would be one of those songs. He wrote those. Um, so that's how this song gets recorded initially. On 9-11-1957 in Hollywood, California, he pretty much uses the Little Richard uh, band which doesn't seem like much, but Earl Palmer is on the drums, and Earl Palmer is also considered like the godfather of rock and roll drumming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is like the drummer, and so when you listen to the A side of this track, which is Dizzy Miss Lizzie, I'm talking about the Larry Williams version, and the B side is Slow Down, the song we're talking about today. They are so good, his versions of these songs. Like, you are going to be like me, pissed that you aren't familiar with his versions of these songs <laughs> because they are so tasty and so killer. And that's what the Beatles were trying to capture when they uh, recorded the song. So that's kind of the background, but give me your opening thoughts on Slow Down. What's the first time you heard this song, became familiar with this song? It oh. came to... You know, when did Little Jay hear this song for the first time? <laughs> you know, Little Jay wasn't so little when he heard it. I think it was probably oh. like the like when the Past Masters came out, the CD uh, yeah. when they did those, which was that yeah. 87, I think. I think yeah, it's 87, 88 they come it came out on CD. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I I initially, you know, I kind of poo-pooed it. Oh, it's a cover song. Like I yeah. just I I didn't know it was released as a single. 
Right. In in the Crazy. U.S. I just learned that yeah. today. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I you know, and I, I knew nothing about Larry Williams, you know, and, and, like, I would just run across his name. I actually learned about him about a year ago from a class I was taking talking about specialty records. Because oh, interesting. all of these, there were so many, they called them, you know, mom and pop record labels that started rock and roll, you know, and, and so Specialty Records was one of them, you know, and so uh, I learned a lot about him then, and so it was like, oh, wow, this, you know, and, and I think that was the first time I'd listened to his version of Slow Down, and I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, it's first insane. of all, that voice, I mean, oh. his voice is like, you know, I immediately like think of Richard, Leon Bridges. More, that's exactly. My brother Matthew listened to the song, and that's he said it sounded so modern, and that's what I thought too. It's like it is like a Leon. His voice is not Little Richard, like wah, bah, bah, right, bah, bah. right. It's it's way cooler, guys. I'm telling you, listen to his version. Yeah. He, oh, woo. and the piano. Yes. Yeah, like you said, he's such a good piano player. You know, again, not flamboyant. You know, no. like like Little Richard, but just so cool. And so, uh, yeah, 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 it's. Uh, so yeah, I came I came to it pretty late, but uh, what a cool song! And John's I, voice. Uh, oh. oh my God! Wait, we'll get we'll get to, uh, yeah he th- yeah so, yeah. This is probably the third record I ever bought, Jay. That I'm the, the one that I'm showing you to. I bought uh, the White Album first, and then I bought Def Leppard. Okay. Uh, hysteria, because it was like, you know, that's when I was buying that kind of, listen, no judgment, all right? I love them. That's when they were out and they kicked ass. Yeah, totally. Right? And then I bought this record. So it means a lot. And my brother Matthew had it somehow and was like, Billy, I still have this. And I'm like, oh my God, right? So I broke it out yesterday. Listen to the songs that they, so this, these records were put together by George Martin in the seventies. I think they like, Listen, yeah. we, need to, we need to put Beatle, and it started as a double record. Those are the right. valuable ones. Mine's a cheap one that you would have gotten at, like, I don't know. I could probably get it at the BX in Germany or something. So, like, it opens with Twist and Shout. This is side one. I saw her standing there. You can't do that. I want to be your man. I call your name. All Beatles, um, except for Twist and Shout. These are, like, Beatle jams in there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I saw her standing. You can, rockers, Boys, Long Tall Sally. And then we flip it over, and we, this is my favorite. This is where I did all the marking. Rock and roll music. Nice. Killer Beatle cover. And then Slow Down, which was, I always loved this song just because of the way that it grooves. You know, you'd be like, I don't know. It just, when you're listening to it on a crappy record player, you didn't hear all the mistakes. Right? <laughs> right. Kansas City, <laughs> which again, one of my favorite covers. We, these are songs that we all, you know, that we love playing now. Kansas City, Money, That's What I Want, Bad Boy, another Larry Williams uh, song. Yeah, which that's so good. We'll talk about that. Matchbox and Roll Over Beethoven. So these are like all my favorite rock songs. Like these are the ones I'm always pushing to put in Beatlemania. <laughs> and this is why, because this record just, it's the bangers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and the second I think of Slowdown, I think of this album and listening to it as a little kid. So how did the Beatles, how was this brought in? I mean, we talked about that in the Strawberry Fields, you know, John would have brought, but this, this song is like, definitely came about in the Hamburg days. There's, yeah, I mean, it was a big, it was a staple in the live set from, you know, when they'd play those long yeah. sets at Cavern or at, uh, 
the Rathskeller or wherever, whatever it's called. Yeah. Mach Shao. That kept coming up, you know. Mach Shao, Mach Shao. So this is a three-chord song. It's very easy. Uh, John Lennon actually makes up a verse in this song, and that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the, what's what makes this a cool archive. And so you gotta love that part because this is direct from their Cavern Club show. Him making up stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that's what he was known for. And you see it in the Get Back documentary. Like that's what he is great at. He's just like jibber jabber stuff. He'd probably be the person that now would be annoying. You know what I mean? They would have definitely medicated him as a kid now. And he would be like, you know. But uh. So that's how it would have brought in. And in between 1960 and 1962, uh, this is in their repertoire. Like one of their jam songs isn't everything. In fact... Uh, we'll talk about it in the deep dive, but there's a great recording that they did in like 63 for the live at the BBC. Yeah. Uh, Got to hear that version. We'll talk about it. So uh, June 1st, 1964, the Beatles go into Abbey Road studio. Uh, they record Matchbox. They decide they, they're they starting the second side of the Hard Day's Night album, which is all Lennon McCartney songs, by the way. So they've only done Lennon McCartney songs up at this point on the album. They're like, we got to do some covers how about a Ringo song? So they rip into Matchbox, which is a song that Pete Best used to do. Uh, John took over for Pete Best singing Matchbox, and they're like, ah, give it to Ringo. Mm-hmm. Great Carl Perkins song. I'm sure we'll talk about it sometime. They bang that out really quick. They record I'll Cry Instead, which is a cool track. We like that song. A yeah. cool track off a of Hard Day's Night. Kind of a country song. And before <laughs> they would record I'll Be Back in the Afternoon, which is that's a great Beatles song, by the way. Uh, they have to record Slow Down. And they just rip it off. I mean, I think they do six takes total. Uh, they start with the... Yeah, if you know anything about the recording, you can take over here. It, it went pretty fast, yeah. I think they yeah. I think they had like a half hour that they were allotting to it, you know? And so, <laughs> which... An hour. Which explains some of what we hear. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it was three... I think they settled on the third take as far as the band, and then like they got to six because like there weren't they didn't do any vocals. John went back and and double tracked his vocal, um, which accounts for some of the timing stuff that you hear. <laughs> not <laughs> not even addressing the double track. It's almost like, hey, would you would you like to get a perfect example of Lennon hating double tracking his own voice? Slow down's the perfect example. You hear many many errors in this song, including lyrics. Um, in the BBC, he does a lyric where it, it it's not what he says. Uh, but now she's got a boyfriend down the street. Baby, what you trying to do? That is what he sings, and that's what Larry Williams sings. But John makes up this other one about a dime, and and that's what he goes to sing on the overdub. And they're like, "I'll just leave it in." Totally, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they were just it, it, they were just like, "Let's let's get to let's get to the Lennon McCartney song." Yeah, yeah. Let's get to this good one. <laughs> uh, some of the things I talked about, you can hear in George's guitar solo that they hadn't played it in a while. Like George, it typically took him a, a he would work on these solos for a while to get them right, and he's clearly doing like a mishmash of. They'd clearly just played a Carl Perkins song right before. He's trying, kind of doing a Carl Perkinsy thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not his best solo. No. I don't want to knock it because it, it isn't bad because it's, it's, it's an archive again. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's I like mean, playing stuff he played when he was a kid, and he's like, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because George. Yeah, like you just said, he was he mapped stuff out, you know, and uh, he was really good at it because often he had to do it pretty quickly, you know. But in yeah. this case, it was just yeah, thirty it, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his best work, and I think he would. No. He, he would. He would. Uh, if he were here today, he would agree with us. Yeah. So the personnel on this song, uh, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, and I, I'll talk about the gear in our next new segment. Ooh, I like uh, it. You're going to like this next segment. Um, uh, we also have George Martin that comes in and really ties the room together oh. <laughs> with that piano. He comes in uh, three or four days later to record the piano part. Because there is some timing issues. I mean, it's pretty rare to hear the Beatles struggle with time, but you hear it in this song massively but that piano it's crazy it all together yeah Yeah. i i listened to i listened to the capital stereo version drenched in reverb this morning yeah and then i listened to (laughs) which was on was it something new did this come out on something new yeah yeah uh but then there was also in itunes i had the mono version on something new which i i didn't know they released mono versions in the u.s but anyway uh, the mono version, like, actually works because, like, they're... We've talked about this before, how much more attention was paid to the mono mixes than the stereo mixes. With the mono mix, like, the piano, it is the glue. It is holding that thing together, and I don't know how George Martin did it, you know, because, yeah, it's it's ebbing and flowing, which Ringo did, the band did, yeah. and they all did it together, but, yeah, it... Without the piano, that song is... Because you kind of hear it in the stereo version where things are separated a little bit, and it was like... I listened to that first, and I'm like, oh, wow. It's a mess. It sounds yeah, it sounds like a hot mess. It yeah. really does, yeah. But the mono version works, you know? And, and yeah, I'd, it'd be That's interesting that, to hear it without As you the listen, it is, it is important to remember that, that they spent all of the time on the mono mix, and that's what they were going for. Really, the stereo wasn't... They didn't even care. It's like, right. yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so you hear, and so it's good. It's good to listen because George Martin, again, it's important. He wasn't playing with a click. He came in after they'd recorded everything, and somehow ties it together. That's how amazing of a musician <laughs> this guy is. Yeah. Because I mean, the it fact is that Paul McCartney solid. and George Martin found each other on this earth is almost as important as you know what I mean. Because Paul McCartney is like the unpolished version of George Martin, then George Martin's like, ah, welcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> sure. McCartney then does this with songs later. So just a really great example of George Martin being more than just the producer of the Beatles. He saves yeah. this song. But they then <laughs> yeah. rush out as a single. You know, it's like, yep, Matchbox. Yeah. Sing- yeah, it ends up on all these records and it's insane. But we're going to, it's it's sponsor time, Jay. It's oh, time nice. for our sponsor. Our sponsored. Why? Let here. me have a sip of our su- sponsor. <clears throat> While you coffee. have a sip, I'll. Yep. Mm, how is that, Jay? Oh, it's quite lovely. Well, this segment is sponsored by A Hill of Beans Coffee Roasters right here in Omaha, Nebraska. They've created three custom flavors now, Jay. Three. We've sold out of some, so they've added to add another. Nice. Uh, so just for us, we have the Strawberry Fields personal favorite. We now have a new one, uh, Tangerine Trees and Marmalade Skies. It's kind of orangey, uh, which are yeah. flavored coffees and their most popular holiday blend. They're now calling it Magical Mystery Tour. 
Yeah, that might also be my favorite. All three <laughs> copies are available for purchase on my website, billymcguigan.com. That's B-I-L-L-Y-M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N.com. Thank you to our sponsor, A Hill of Beans, for your support. We'll talk about them again one more time because that's what gets us free coffee. Uh, I love it. Thank you, Hill of Beans. Thank you, Hill of Beans. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about... We're gonna we're gonna say in this recording session you get to pick one piece of gear in that studio. Mal Evans comes to you off the street and says, "Uh, Jay, pick anything in the room. You can take it home with you. You also have an understanding of the the relevance of that that instrument piece of gear in the room. So I want to talk to you about what they were playing in this particular session. Okay, George Martin is playing a 1905 Steinway upright piano." That would appear like money. That's what I want. This appears on Hard Day's Night. This is that. That piano is appearing on all of these tracks. There's option one. Door number one. Okay, George <laughs> Martin spins around. He's playing <laughs> a little bouncy number, you know, drinking his, his Hill of Beans coffee. <laughs> Ringo, all you drum nerds out there, he's on his 1964 uh, Ludwig, is that a super classic? Yeah, is that am I reading that right? Ludwig super classic black oyster, oyster pearl, pearl kit. Yeah, I believe this has the drop T Beetle yeah. logo on it. So yeah. they would be out touring, and that he would be playing that touring kit that you see in the movie and crap. That's that kit. Okay, yeah. you get all the symbols too. It spins around, and it's 1964 Ringo, and he's he's windshield wiping, right? You know what I'm talking about. He's like, ah, good to see you, Jay. <laughs> and you too, listeners, you're in on this too. You're like rooting Jay on, like all the Ringo fans are like, take the drum kit, take the drum kit. And then George's little young ass, he's like 21 years old. Probably smells, they say. He had a little B.O. That's kind of the word on the street, right? Like, it's no judgment, okay? This is 2020-something, whatever it is, 21. No yeah. judgment for the stink. Unnatural yeah, is okay. Hey, pandemic, I stunk most days. He spins around. He's got his cool beetle suit on, right? <laughs> he's got, an, in his hands, he's holding a 1963. Is that the 611G Gretsch Tennessean? Am I right oh, on the that? 6119. Yeah. 1119. I can't read yeah. my own writing. Sorry, the 6119. <laughs> I, I now I, you see Jay's face drop on that when he's like, oh, because the crowd's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I like this segment. Now, I feel like I'm on the price of right. <laughs> Big time. That's what it's like. Imagine all the like George fans are like, they, like, like lifting their arms up, and all the Ringo fans are like, put your arms down. It stinks in here. All right. That was a visual for you people. If you caught that, that was a good joke for you. You can email me that at billymcguigan.com or whatever. You'll find my email on there. I'm not done yet, okay? Because no, no. from behind you hear this, oh, won't see. You're like, boom, do, 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 do. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. That's Paul McCartney holding his 1963 Hofner 501. Mm. Oh, my God. It is it's still got the pick guard on it. He hasn't taken that off yet. You know what oh, I mean? That's it's right. Yeah. Yeah. The set list that he talks about and get back that that hasn't happened. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're talking about this is the one that he plays in the movie. He played on the Ed Sullivan show. This is oh, this is a freaking Hoffner. And all the Paul people are like, yeah, man, that's the one you got to do. Right. <laughs> 
And then behind door number five, man, he, Lennon is crouched down. You know what I mean? He's he's like, oh, he's holding yeah. it. Oh, you see, see that it's short scale, and you and you see the spikes shine in the lights. You know what I mean? The spikes on his little, you know what I'm talking about on his on his uh, totally strap. Yeah. The he's Python got the strap. Night, yeah, he's got the Rick 325, right? Yeah, aka the Miami. Yeah, he's, that's the one. He still had this guitar uh, when he passed away. I mean, this is the John Lennon guitar. I mean, the Casino is pr- definitely 1B, but this is 1A for sure. Yeah. You get to choose one. Mal Evans then says, all right, Jay, you got all the Beatles and George Martin up there. <laughs> now, I know, th- <laughs> but I'm, but there I am. I'm like, hold on, Mal. Wait, there's more. Because I know that Jay Hansen is a Beatle nerd. <laughs> And we're in Abbey Road, and it's 1964, so you can take any piece of gear in that room, too. What are you uh-huh. taking? Because you, <laughs> I know I know, I got you there, because you're like, yeah, but that microphone records. You know what I mean? I know. Oh, you, yeah, and, totally. And that four track they use to record, that's yeah. in there, too. See, that's where I went. I'd take Jeff Emmerich's up there, and, and you can't take <laughs> Jeff Emmerich. Did I hear you? Did I get an answer? Yeah, I would like, take the board. <gasps> oh, and, <laughs> Three <laughs> nerds are in the corner, like, well done, Jay. Oh, Mister. The, the red, the red fifty-one or forty-seven or whatever. And there called. you are, as yeah. you're unplugging it in the crowd. I'm like, hold on a damn second. Do I get to pick? And Mal's like, yeah, you do. I'm taking the John Lennon guitar all day long. Yeah, that's a great guitar. I I would take that, except my my fingers are too big. Yeah. I've played That's one of those. It's guitar. real Listen, hard for me to play. I, I, I've never even held one in my hands. And I'm telling you, it's my dream guitar. You know this. Yeah. And if you ever see me playing one, you know I've made it. You know what I mean? Because I'll be like, hey. I finally did it. Anyway, that's our segment brought to you by A Hill of Beans Coffee. Jay is stealing the board, and I'm walking out with John Lennon's 1964 Rick 325 Miami, and I am ecstatic about it. Lenny Kravitz that owns that board. Lenny Kravitz, Kratix, that's a part of the Lenny Kratix, yeah, he's got, you know, like, this tape, Lenny Kratix and Beck. <laughs> That's my Paul McCartney, like mid-90s Paul McCartney. Oh, it's Lenny Kratix, he's great. He's trying to be cool because his kids talk about Lenny Kravitz and Beck. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how we're feeling already 30 minutes on slowdown. Coffee. <laughs> Coffee. Hill Thank beans. you, Hill of Beans. <laughs> All right. Let's talk. This appears on. Look, I'm like an NFL court. I'm like a head coach of a team. Totally, I've got like man. card stock for my notes here. Hey. You've got your first I've 10 all, plays already planned already, out. I'm already scripted out here. <laughs> so this appears, as you mentioned, on something new. Uh, it also appears in the in the uh, UK on the long, like all the British people right now. Yes, but it was also on the Long Tall Sally EP. Yes. And all the Americans are like, "What's an EP?" That's <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> an extended play, dear boy. Well, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, it's as I mentioned, it's on the Rock and Roll album, uh, Volume One and Two. That's how I came to be it. And now, Past Masters, which you mentioned, and then it was re-released when they did the Capitol Records. That's how we got it in both mono and stereo in the early two thousands. I think I have yeah. that hidden somewhere. Uh, it, it did chart. It was a single. It was uh, matched with Matchbox, which I. Th- think charted maybe a little higher than this it did but 17 four- to 25 
Thank I you. On 420, 1964. <laughs> it was the number 25 <laughs> hit. <laughs> uh, Rolling Stone, this one did not chart. No. Uh, but our book, I should mention our, our kind of Bible for this show, Revolution in the Head, the Ian McDonald uh, manuscript, if you will, <laughs> just calls this the worst Beatles song. I mean, he puts he just destroys it. I don't need to go into it. Yeah. That's not why we're here. Okay. So this brings us kind of the big question. This will be this will be a fun one too. Um, best Beatle cover. This is definitely not it, because his version, Larry Williams' version, is far superior to the Beatles' version, and that's pretty rare because the Beatles do kick ass when it comes to cover songs. They have yeah. some of the best. And I I wrote down on my uh, my seventh play here with the quarterback at Audible, <laughs> but I was I was like I'm gonna pick my. <laughs> Three favorite Beatle cover songs, and Ooh. I think I listed eight here. My favorite <laughs> three. Okay. And okay. these are, I, I won't list my three favorite, I'll, I'll do my three favorite last. So in no particular order leading up to my three favorite, Twist and Shout. I mean, come on. Yeah. That is, the Isley Brothers version is amazing, but the Beatles make it their own in such a unique way. It just kills. We play that song every night and people go nuts for it. Deservedly so. The yeah. ah part gets an extra highlight. The last note also. How about this one? Till There Was You. McCartney doing a song from yeah. the Music Man. Yeah. <clears throat> Amazing cover. I mean, it doesn't sound anything like the original. They're the funkiest chords for a beat early Beatles song in there. Uh, side note, he also steals most of those chords for I Will. <laughs> Till There oh, Was really? You. Okay. Eventually. I mean, yeah, right. it's very, it plays the same way. Uh, for me, anyway. That's my thought. Uh, Anna, great Anna. Lennon vocal on that one. We Arthur Alexander. Arthur Alexander. So right? good. His version is better, but John Lennon's vocal on that is insane. And okay, speaking of great vocals, please, Mister Postman. <laughs> that's insane. That's one that I thought of when cover. you. Yeah. Okay, nice. I'm gonna put Boys out there. That just popped in my head. I love the Beatles cover of Boys by the Shirelles. All right, so here are my top three. Number three, Mr. Moonlight. Really? It's like the most obscure Beatles song. And like, I'm, I don't think I still have ever heard. I might have heard the original once or twice. But the Ooh, Beatles version. I don't think version, I've ever heard the original. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> but their version, you just hear it. And Lennon's, that Mr. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the organ solo that Lennon takes in that as well. <laughs> and I believe it's John <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> yeah. Give that one a listen if you don't know that one. It's on Beatles for Sale. Okay. Great George one. Devil in Her Heart. Yeah, that's that's where I went. Yeah. That <laughs> song is be- Yeah, it's awesome. a killer cover. If you don't know that song, it's on the uh, Meet the Beatles or the With the Beatles. With, yeah, yeah. I can't uh, remember. You got to the- ch- it was a girl group song. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it's a girl group song. And so the, the it doesn't sound like that. I don't either. But when you, it might might be the Shirelles. I have a list somewhere, but yeah, uh, we're riffing know. off the top of our heads. My all-time favorite Beatle cover. And it is a Larry Williams song. Oh, and it, it's yeah. because of Waterbury, Connecticut. We used to play, the peop, we had a guy, uh, JB was his name. Uh, he's no longer with us. He... He was a great DJ, like an old rock and roll DJ, and he used to call me Bill, as many East Coast, hey, Bill, Bill, I love you know, I love when the Beatles cover Bad Boy by Larry Williams. You know that song, Bill? And he would request Bad Boy every time, and we would jam it, and it is a jammer. Yeah. And is equal to the Larry Williams version, not greater than, but equal to. So those are my list of best Beatle covers. Thoughts, Jay? Oh, I like it. Um 
Any that I missed? I mean, there's a bunch. No, I words of love. Till there was you. Um, like there's, I have a version that I had from a tape when the Beatles were the Silver Beatles. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, and George takes two solos. One of them, he's just doing the melody, and then the other one, but but it's all on electric. Um, I, I I've I've always loved that version, but when they do it on the Ed Sullivan show, oh my god, like. George Harrison plays these chords, and like his fingers look like they're six inches long, and he's just playing these incredible jazz chords. And I like someday I will learn that version, but it <laughs> will take insane. a year of daily practice for me. Yeah, that's amazing. It, uh, Twist and humbling. Shout. It, Twist and Shout is is. I mean, that's a Beatles song to me now. I know the Isley Brothers wrote it, but it's a Beatles like that's song. when I was putting as I was putting the list of best Beatles covers. I was like. Oh, twist and shout. Totally. I, mean, it, I don't even think I had it to remind cover. my. Yeah, it seems like a Beatles song at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the deep dive, uh, a lot of things about Larry Williams. Uh, he, he, after he, <laughs> Little Richard threw his, his rings into the ocean <laughs> in the 70s, he came back and Larry Williams was kind of his producer and evidently got into some type of heated exchange with Little Richard, a gun was involved, and Little Richard went back to becoming a preacher again because of Larry Williams. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, it, it like devastated him so much. And then Larry Williams either committed suicide or was murdered at yeah. age 44, like met, really met an untimely death, uh, which is tragic. It's, it's a common story with the early rock and rollers. I mean, they were coming from a really hard time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you're talking, yeah, so... It's a real shame, but what I always dig is that the Beatles gave him love. I mean, he is, he and Carl Perkins, I believe, are the the two most covered Beatles artists. Yeah, with three songs each by them. So that's a huge tribute from the Beatles. Yeah, you know? I mean, he definitely had a little career revival uh, after getting those songs covered. You know. Uh, yeah, and that's that's which, how he ended up back with Little Richard. It was like, wait, 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 Larry Williams. It's like, who's Larry Williams? And so. For that, I'm sure he was he was grateful. Yeah. Um, I want for our listeners, you gotta listen to that live at the BBC that I think was recorded uh April sixteenth, nineteen sixty-three. It's right. a way, way better version of this song for yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. In in every way. Ringo plays it way better because you can hear his drums. Paul <laughs> plays it way better because you can hear his bass. John actually sings it as well as he does when they record. I mean, it's they're a little closer to playing it instead of oh we've had the song retired for a year and a half right yeah um it's also on the Beatles story album which I don't know if anybody remembers it's like kind of like an audio documentary of the Beatles oh wow whether okay. it's like interviews and they're talking to the Beatles and there'd be music that would kind of pop in slow down as one of the songs that pops in that um it is considered one of John's best vocal tracks yeah. I agree it's with that. Hard. It's next to Bad Boy is the only one I think that stands up to. I mean, his vocals on Bad Boy are fierce, but that baby, what you trying to do? You better learn. It's so good. It it really he, is. Yeah. And when you listen to Larry Williams' version, you can hear that he's totally trying and failing to impersonate Larry Williams. But it still sounds really cool. Like it's for me has always been the original version. So when I hear Larry Williams' version, I'm like, damn. Because <laughs> Lennon is is doing the like, 
the Liverpool version of what Larry Williams is, if that oh, makes yeah. sense. Because yeah. Larry's just so smooth and silky that oh, he is. It's like, yeah. Oh, that's what John was trying to do. Anything you find on on the deep dive? Um, it made it onto the Rarities album. Have you I heard about the Rarities? Right yeah, yeah, the ra- now that is the be- next Beatle thing I need to get. Oh, it's supposed to be the good luck. Yeah, it's like one of the. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, th- yeah, it's like the Holy Grail. So the Rarities sort of album was a was a floated idea, kind of like, hey, I'm gonna put we'll put together a list of songs that weren't really on Beatles albums, and and see if people were interested in it. And what they found, I think they only did maybe. Do you know the number two hundred pressings? Not not many. Yeah, I don't know the. Yeah, it's not many. So I'm making that number up. So let's say it was less than a thousand pressings of this album, and people were like, "I can get this everywhere. I mean, I can get I can get on something new. I don't need. I can get it on this rock and roll music." And so, really, Past Masters is the first time most people become accustomed to hearing this song. I think when I saw it on there, I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. It was a single. That's why nobody ever knew it." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, playing it live. 24-bar uh, blues, not 12-bar blues. Yeah, a lazy blues they talk about in, in something that I read. So you're just, instead of instead of going eight, you're, just, you're hanging back. It's like, oh, or four. You're not changing. Yeah, yeah, and they, oh. do, they do the form a little bit differently than, than Larry Williams did, but, you know, it works. Yeah, and they also talked about that Lennon changing the lyrics uh, – was just a cool thing that he would do, and it just stuck. And again, on that live at the BBC, he just repeats the first verse like oh, Mary yeah. Williams does. Yeah. Uh, and again, if you listen to it, there's like the first time you hear George's guitar, it's a mistake. It's like he's he's messed the part up, and they like bring. It's like, oh God, you know, he had to be like, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you want to leave that in? All right. <laughs> and that's what's cool about the the stereo to mono mix. They they hide the mistakes in the mono they, mix. They're no all out there from it in the in stereo. The stereo. <laughs> George had to be livid, and that was Paul going. They were like, oh, Mr. McCartney, do you approve this mix? And he's hearing it and thinking of uh, strings on Long and Winding Road. He's like, yeah, 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 release that one. Yeah, that's good. The stereo only. And Mark George Harrison, not fab. Sorry, that was another tangent. I mean, we're 39 minutes or something talking on Slowdown. I, I thought we'd have trouble filling 15 on this. So too. I'm like, oh, man, I still got more. I do want to talk about playing this song live because it's not really one that we've played live a lot. I feel like it works. I mean, I think people are a little uncomfortable with the long blues, like you're saying. Like the intro is so long. It's like you almost want to come out. Well, come on, pretty baby, won't you walk me? Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. yeah. Because that it's like, and in Larry Williams' version, it works because there's saxophone. And it's it's almost like he's coming out of with the piano. So like great balls of fire. So it works for Larry's version. The Beatles definitely should have cut that down a little bit. <laughs> but I think when you're playing it live, it's great because you can jam over that. Yeah. You could play that 20 times and jam on it and have the crowd at least dancing to it. Um, but when we were kids, this is one that we would break out and and do for the grandparents. Slow down nice. is always one nice. I'd rip out. Um, do you have any uh, any memories of playing this live? We haven't Again, done I think it of a Waterbury. whole lot. Yeah, our early days in Waterbury played a lot just because of JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time we played it, I was like, oh, cool. And, and yeah, I think we did ba- Bad Boy like the Bad same boy. weekend, oh, if not Bell. the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. JB would always come out with, oh, if you did Matchbox too, that'd be an extra delight. 
I love all the Beatle covers. They were his favorite. And, and every time I saw him, I would always like rip out Matchbox or Honey Don't. He'd be like, oh, Bill. Oh, I love it. Was that the guy we went to the radio station that That's morning? Him. What exactly. a cool dude. What yeah, cool, super nice R.I.P. Guy. Indeed. <clears throat> Once again, our show has been sponsored by a, a Hill of Beans uh, Coffee Roasters here in Omaha. And remember, they have three flavors, strawberry fields, tangerine trees, and marmalade skies. That's that's not two flavors. There. That's actually just one flavor. Hang on. Let me, let me make sure. So we have strawberry fields, Jay. Yes. We one. also have tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Two. <laughs> 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 I see why I'm confused. <laughs> and also, Magical Mystery Tour, which is a very popular three. holiday blend. Remember when the three. <laughs> Remember when the holidays go away. Also, that flavor will probably go away. You can get that all on my website, billymcguigan.com. And it's not that we don't have a website for this show. It's just that we don't really know what we're doing. So. <laughs> oh, there's a website. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we... we we can do it from there, can't we? Totally. Sure. It's on the interwebs. We can. It's out there somewhere. As always, <laughs> you can find uh, both Jay and I out, out there, um, Billy McGuigan on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that. If you know how to spell my name, you'll find me, but Jay is the <laughs> mysterious one. I'll just tell you that he's Jay Hansen, and you find him out there. Okay? I need a marketing staff. <laughs> Because nah. clearly it's not, hey, it's not up there tall, in my priority list. <laughs> tall, dark, and handsome, but also mysterious. I think that's part of it. It's now time to rate. We've got we've peeled back all the layers of the onion, Jay. You're sitting over there. This is my new favorite part of our show, by the way, to get talking about what stuff we would steal. You, you know what? Let's back up. What would you steal from Strawberry Fields? Oh, I know what I'm. T- I'm taking that melody. Oh, for sure. Percent. Yeah, that'd be amazing to have. Either that, or I'd be like, "Hey, John, before I leave, <laughs> before I catch the time machine back to 2021. <laughs> I mean, I'm having a great time here in in the 60s. You know, where everybody seems to be having no problem with personal space. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to 2021, where being in the same mile with someone is uncomfortable. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, John, you mind if I borrow those glasses real quick? Because that would be cool to have his freaking how I cool. want. Right? Okay. Yeah. So what are you stealing from that, that one? Mal Evans has peeled back all the layers. Oh, I'd definitely take that Mellotron. Yeah. I mean, I've spent <laughs> You'd way have the too Mellotron. much money on digital Mellotrons, and they're still never as cool as what <laughs> They never sound, sound like. as good as that. I'd have my glasses looking at the Mellotron. <laughs> there we'd be. <laughs> so Jay will pick our next episode We don't know what it'll be He'll pick something good He always does But before we get to all that We've peeled back all the layers of this onion We've looked through it Now we're just to the glass part, Jay It's time to rate this one Alright I am Now we've been giving out a lot of tens lately. Yeah, yeah And and I feel like I'm, you know, always a bit on the high side So I'm even moving down lower than what I initially thought of I'm going five six. Five six. Yeah, right? that's I, I think probably that's, the I lowest think I've good. ever gone. So, but I think it's. Would fitting. you care to add any commentary to? Oh, that? just five, you six? know, <laughs> after listening to that song, that, that stereo mix, I was like, damn, damn, <laughs> a lot of stuff thing. got passed through headquarters on this song. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing George Martin added that piano because it would be borderline unlistenable without that piano. Kudos yeah. to George Martin. That's what Great a producer call. does. Hey, we we. You know, George got it, took a few lumps last week with Strawberry Fields. Oh yeah, for not allowing that to be on Sergeant Pepper, having feeling rushed. But man, 
<clears throat> Even though this one was rushed, he did save it with that piano part. I'm also, go I'm going to give this one the three nine. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not their best effort. And uh, the 3-9 really comes from Lennon's vocals, which is a 10 out of 10. It's yeah. amazing. But, I mean, in the mix, McCartney's bass gets lost. The drums are all over the place. It almost sounds like I, I came in was like, <laughs> in this, when when you were stealing stuff, <laughs> when you were taking the soundboard, I was like, do you guys want me to play drums on this song? I don't mind. Ringo, just sit in the corner, man. Ah, it's like, shit, get it together. So, yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with that. It, I still love the song. I'm not taking Oh, away. totally. I mean, yeah. Sentimental value. This is a 10 out of 10. Larry Williams' version, also a 10. It's a joy to and listen to. You, it really you is. you got to listen to it. Killer saxophone, killer drums. The groove is amazing. And while you're at it, listen to his Dizzy Miss Lizzie, which he wrote also, by the way. Uh, bad. Listen to bad all boy. of his. Oh, my goodness. Amazing talking with you today, Jay. Right back. At I should also mention, since we're talking about the slowdown, we've been doing our show yesterday and today at the slowdown here in Omaha. Yeah. And it is an absolute joy. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? It's like I, I've been telling people every every Friday and Saturday night there is like New Year's Eve. It's it's like the best show you ever do on the road. Yeah. Every single Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Like even a Thursday night, which we did last night. Tonight, this is Friday morning. That's why our voices are so scratchy. Because we've been <laughs> so still waking up. Yeah. It's like, who's the last note I was screaming was, hey, Jude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's why we picked this song because we, we've moved to a new house here in Omaha. At, at, and so if you're Omaha fans listening to this show and you're not seeing our show at the slowdown, it's like seeing us in an arena, but in like a very intimate arena that that seats like four to five hundred people. You would you'll absolutely love. Like we have a a pit, and it's like for us, it's like performing an arena concert because the crowd is up dancing, and then you got people. I'm just telling you, it is really <laughs> a fun. million dollar sound system sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, and I'm not bagging. I mean, before we were using my stuff, and I know that it's not a million dollars, but their their sound and Charlie, their sound engineer. I'm we're I'm gushing at this point, but it is just fan, it's been just a joy. It it really has, yeah. They it's uh, yeah. It, it, people are having a blast. Uh, at least that's how it looks. Yeah, and the <laughs> audience the audience appears to be having fun as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having the time of my life up there with yeah, and we have strings and horns and it is man. Yeah. Anyway, cool. I'm not here to sell you that show, but check it out on our website if you're a Beatles fan. We made this Beatles show where we we don't dress like the Beatles because I mean, because we don't look like them first yeah. of all. Uh <laughs> But it's a really unique take because really what our show is about are people just tell us why you love their songs and we'll tell everybody else why you love their songs. And then we're going to play it for you, not exactly like the Beatles, but in a way that is so respectful of them that you're going to just you're just going to dig it because we just love their music so much. As you hear us talk about hour after hour on this uh, our little <laughs> show here. But totally. Yeah. We the cool thing for us is we get to go play these songs. Tonight. Oh, um, totally. Can't wait. Yeah, like, yeah, can't wait. So, 
For everybody listening out there, thank you. I Like, I don't know, subscribe. I don't know. We don't know what you do. Listen, we're in our 40s and 50s. We have no freaking clue what any of this does. I'm just looking at, oh, this microphone used to work in the 90s. <laughs> we're not quite your grandparents. We're like your older brothers that are just a little confused on a couple of parts of technology. <laughs> thank goodness we have Most- kids. Yeah, Can you totally. figure this like, out for right. me? Yeah, show me how to do this real quick. So, so find us out there. We th- we appreciate you listening, and please don't hesitate to send messages to me. I, although I may not always respond to them, I do always read them. Or somebody goes, "Hey, Billy, somebody sent you a message on Instagram." So, uh, please send us those stuff because I we love hearing it. And if you have a song request, let us know. But otherwise, oh, yeah. Jay picks the next one, and. Uh, so until that time, we've been looking through the glass onion. 